This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. What if City hadn't won the league in 2012? What if Pep had never joined in 2016? Or what if Kaka had signed for the Blues back in 2008? We'll try to answer those questions during today's show. It's Wednesday the 15th of November. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. And I'm Joe Butterfield. And this is the City Report Podcast. Well then, gentlemen, welcome to Prime International Break Content Week. Adam, uh, international football just getting underway. We've we've done this three times before. Good, bad, shit, ugly. What do you think of it? Uh, I I hate international breaks. Um, Joe, I mean, you you voiced your opinions on international breaks before. Um, I guess though, after a game like the Chelsea one, it's nice just to maybe take a little bit of a breather. I'm not quite sure. What I'm saying is I'm not quite sure I'd want to be going into the Liverpool game this weekend, having had to just watch that. No, that's always, there's always a nice, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? When it comes to like a bad result going into the international break, sometimes you can think, oh, well, this is a good time to just go away and reset. But then sometimes it's kind of like, I wish we could just sort of get that out of the system now rather than just dwell on it for two weeks. But yeah, it is a nice little bit of a break, I suppose, but it also feels like it's been, has it been less than a month since the last one? Like they come, they come along yeah. really like yeah. faster so in the season, don't they? So yeah, too too many at this stage of the season. I am delighted to say it is the final one of the year. No more until March. Um, but if you are looking, obviously, for more reaction to that Chelsea game, the lads did a brilliant job on Monday. Do go back and listen to it. But we are turning up the the conceptuality. Maybe just invented a word there. But we're going a bit rogue today, and I'll explain the format for you now. I've presented these two wonderful chaps in front of me with three scenarios that happened in Manchester City's recent history, and we're going to try and digest what might have happened had they had they come true or had they gone false or whatever it, whatever the timeline was, had it been a little bit different. It will all make sense when we get into things. But guys, any questions before we get going? Um, I want you to bring the hot takes. I want you to be as imaginative as possible. I'm trying to sort of, we're going from A to B here, but I want to completely rewrite history. Yeah, I love history. Lovely stuff. I love to rewrite um, almost all of human history, so this is a really good place to start. 
Well, let's start with, as I alluded to in the introduction, um, Kaka, because take your minds back to 2008 and that, that um that that well that deal that changed city's history in in terms of the takeover but all of the hoo-ha surrounding it and leading up to the january 2009 transfer window there was one man on the lips of city supporters and that was in fact kaka now Joe, you, I, Adam, we're all of a similar generation. There'll be people who are listening to this who, who may be a little bit younger and don't remember Kakar. Describe just how sort of his his sort of his feeling within the game. He was a nominal footballer, and little old City were getting linked with him. Yeah, it was. It was. It would kind of be the equivalent of say if we'd have been linked with Mbappe. Like, yes, well, I yeah, was if, say if, that. I was if, if say we'd that. have been linked with Mbappe after that Monaco season, like that's what it was kind of like in terms of the Kaka thing. Like it was almost like you know, like like Haaland after his first season at Dortmund as well. Like that's the kind of level of player that, and Kaka did go on to win the Ballon d'Or, so that is the kind of level of player that we're looking at here. Um, and yeah, for us to be sort of linked with him at the time, like it was, it was, it was mad because it genuinely for a, a week or two felt like. There was actually a chance, like like if anyone who can remember the sort of was it last season or the season before the the, the like the messy the messy week that we had where exactly it was like that, oh god yeah. are we are we actually going to sign Messi? It was like that, but City was shit and weren't actually a good team. <laughs> so like it was even it was even more mad because of all that. Because, you know there wasn't the context of us being a top Pep Guardiola side to go along with it. So um, yeah, it was it was wild. Um, and obviously ended up with Rubinho instead, which is a bit of a step down from what uh, from what Kaka was. But yeah, the the idea that we could have had him was it was it was mad off a scale. Yeah, I have a bit of a different memory of this time because I had only started supporting City within probably twenty four months, eighteen months of that of the takeover mm. before before the takeover, and I'd only gotten into football at the same time. You know, I. I didn't grow up watching football and then got into city later in life. It was the opposite order. I got into city and that got me into football. Um, and at the time I was still very much in like the American mindset that every team has access to every player and there's no big mm. team or small team or, you know, I had no concept of takeovers and different owners that put more money into clubs than others. So I, I came into this, like this new era of, of, what we now know was an accidental bid for Messi of what, like, I think it was like 50 million or something. They accidentally sent a bid to, to Barcelona <laughs> and, um, and all this stuff. And it, it was just such a like foreign concept to me and literally was foreign to me. But, um, mm. you know, it was at a time where all, all I thought you had to do was trade a draft pick and you get the best quarterback in the league. So <laughs> to, to like, looking back on that time, it's such a weird feeling because now I recognize it as, like fucking unbelievable that city in the two thousands are getting linked to a player that, you know, at the time was a Ballon d'Or shout. Um, mm. Pretty, pretty sensational. Well, yeah, he, he was the former world footballer of the year, which I'm pretty, it was a different competition back then, obviously not, not the Ballon d'Or as such, but you know, we had speaking about a fellow who was top of the game. This is, just about before the Messi Ronaldo era kicked off, we are speaking. You know, for most people will understand this, but for anyone who doesn't, this is this was the guy, and it's back in 2009. And some numbers lifted from a Guardian report um, from from that story 14 years ago. Proposed 91 million pound deal. He was at AC Milan at the at the time. 500 thousand pound 
per week. Now, City have obviously spent over nine, 90 million before, um, albeit once in, in the club's history since. I think I'm right in saying, at least on the basic wages, no, no player's been paid 500 grand a week. Erling Haaland, Kevin De Bruyne is around £350,000 per week today. That is astronomical money. That's sort of Saudi Arabia level money. And I guess the first question, Joe, because it, it we won't spend too much time on this one because we can go all, off in all sorts of different directions. There's a couple more coming up, which I think are a li- little bit more detailed. We can get into them. But first question, had Kaká joined City in 2008? And let's say instead of Rubinho, because one probably doesn't... Oh, no, sorry. Rubinho would have happened in the summer, wouldn't it? So, yeah, this would have been including Rubinho as well. Jesus. Um, what would that impact have been like for City in January 2009? Um and we can go into the managers, we can go into the players, we can go into all of that sort of business. But just immediately, what would that have done for City at that time? I think on like the to to be the much more broad thing and like a, on a on a on a sort of marketing like exposure kind of level, mm. it would have been insane for the club. Like for it would have, it would it would have been the first step of like taking the club into like the serious bracket um, because getting a getting a player like that would have just done like it would he was the guy who like everyone had eyes on at that time and i remember his eventual transfer to madrid was like huge news when it Mm. when it when it did eventually go through and us being the club you know us being getting a player like that at the stage we were at where we're still finishing like mid table like just about top half in the league at the time like it would have been another you know that would have been so I, I can't even like, I can't even begin to imagine what it would have been like to go. I don't think we've ever. Mm. I don't think we've seen it before where a club has gone from that that level to having a player of yeah. that caliber. Like I don't think that's ever really happened before. I think if we'd have done it for the amount of money that you just said there, like those numbers now make me feel a bit uncomfortable at mm. the point we're at now. Like, and I think that if we'd have done that back then in two thousand and nine, I think I think obviously the the, the Abu Dhabi guys have got um they've got a, they've got a huge. They've got a huge idea of, the, of this sort of sense of not wanting to be seen as doing anything ridiculous. They want to be seen about doing it the right. Obviously, we've done it with money, obviously, but they want to be seen to do it the right way through that. They don't want to. They don't want to be the guys who lead the transfer market getting blown up. They don't want to be the guys who who do the inflated wages and the inflated transfer fees. And this would absolutely have just destroyed the transfer market. Like us, <laughs> us spending us spending ninety million on Kaká in two thousand and nine would have would have absolutely obliterated everything else that came afterwards. And five hundred grand a week wages would have suddenly had every single decent player in Europe asking their clubs for half a million wages every week. It would have, mm. I think, we'd have broken football if we'd have done it. But on a pure <laughs> sort of like, and not, a, in a pure, way, not in like a, not in, in the good way, not in like not in the good way, in a in a very in bad the, way. It, in the yeah, in the in the Barcelona circa twenty sixteen kind of way, I think it would have been. Um, I think it would have been. Yeah, I think it would have been great for the club. If you're just talking purely about what it would have done for us as a as a club and a team, it would have been amazing. Like Kaka would have, Kaka would have lifted the levels of that squad quite a bit on his own, um, and he had the ability to win games on his own. But yeah, I think what the the, the it, of the wider ramifications of what it would have done to our image and football in in general, I think it would have. I think it would have probably meant that we'd... If, if people think journalists hate us now, um, people would definitely hate us a lot more if after that. Absolutely. Um, I'm just trying to sort of put together City's timeline after that because I'm looking City finished 10th that season. So, I mean, you maybe say that Kaka comes in, well, you should hope Kaka comes in and, and 
turn City around and they can maybe push for Europe. But it might have been a stretch at that point. Um, 2009, again, falling short, obviously, was in that... Um, 2009-10 was in that sort of battle with Tottenham Hotspur. It's kind of the seasons after that, isn't it, Adam, where we start to see the transformation. We start to see City qualifying for Champions League, Europa League, winning trophies, winning the Premier League eventually, which we'll, we'll come to in part two. Do you think that speeds up with Kaká? being there do you think City suddenly become this this hot destination where I'm trying to think of players at the time I mean Wayne Rooney was one of them who City were linked with as well and we, we could have maybe done that about him but do you think those transfer targets who were probably well admittedly a bracket above City at the time does it become a different destination or a little bit like Neymar and PSG I think is you know, Joe, you said we've not seen it and I think you're right but that's probably in my head the only transfer I can really equate it to yeah is it sort of like four years down the line, you're going, what a waste of money that was? Um, I think big picture, what it does is, first of all, I think it goes better than the Rubinho signing, um, mm. which which looking back, I was actually surprised. I, I don't, you know, I don't look back on the Rubinho era fondly. Well, <laughs> specifically Rubinho. That era of City was obviously a wild time, but, you know, he had 16 goals and 12 assists and 53 appearances. That's, that's not too shabby, but... Um, I think it goes better. Signing Kaka goes better than Rubinho. And as a result, the club is more motivated to sign big names and world-renowned mm. superstars than maybe heading down the path of going after your David Silva's and Aguero's and Gareth Barry's and, and players like that, that, you know, you build a team with, not just, um, you know, slap a really fancy name on the back of a kit. Um, so I think maybe we see more big names come in. And I don't necessarily think, you know, that, that was around the time kind of with, with Pep's Barca era, that was around the time where football started going away from being an individual sport and, and became about system teams and um, not just teams with, you know, Galacticos necessarily. So I'm not quite sure if, 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 if it, if it accelerates city's trophy winning process i think city became the team they are today because they went away from that potential idea of signing stars you know there's the, there's the famous quote in the city training ground from sheikh mansour that says we're building a structure for the future not just a team of all-stars i don't think that saying goes up on the wall if they sign kaka because i think it goes well and they want to mm. sign more superstars yeah, I, I think it probably goes down to, to make the link again, that PSG route. And the, it's easy to make the comparisons. And I understand why. And, and uh, excuse me for doing it for a minute. But between City and PSG, they're the two teams the media love to sort of put in the same in the same box. They're owned the, by the exact same people, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, if you if you believe some people. Um, but hmm. they, they could not have been ran more differently, I don't think, if they tried over the last decade or so. And and you look at the, the way PSG have gone about it. In a league they're in, you can maybe speak about the competitiveness of League 1 and, and that's helped City in Europe and whatnot, um, not being in that competition. But I think City probably go down that route. And I'm actually going to ask you, Joe, a um, couple milestones from City's sort of recent history, the last 10 years in terms of trophy wins. I want to tell, I want you to tell me if they happened sooner or, uh, uh, sorry, sooner or later or not at all had Kaká signed for City. So first two come in oh, 2011. City, City qualified for the Champions League in 2011. Does that happen sooner or does it happen later or not at all if City signed Kaká? 
I think it potentially happens maybe a season earlier, just because I think okay. that obviously if, if we're going one with the Spurs, do you think they have that that got in yeah. with Kaka there to sort of go and do exactly that? yeah, and I think that obviously the signing of Kaka maybe attracts one or two bigger players to the club a little bit earlier than mm-hmm. than they did otherwise, and that and that combined with it maybe maybe takes us over the line in 2010. But yeah, I think I think maybe obviously if we had him instead of Rubinho in the squad, or even as well as, if like like you said before, then yeah, I, I think that maybe brings that to us a little bit earlier. I think it stays the same. I think the timeline stays the same. I, d- I don't think he affects making the top four enough that it comes quicker or and he doesn't have a negative impact on it. Mm. So I think it stays the same. But as we get to trophies, I think it's a different conversation. Well, I was going to say 2011 FA Cup. Obviously, City had that that League Cup run against United in 2010. Is Kaká enough to get past that United team in 2010 and go and, I want to say Aston Villa was the final, um, beat Aston Villa in the League Cup? Yeah, I mean, if you if we're talking like this hypo, hypothetical timeline where you just stick Kaká into that team, that cup-winning mm-hmm. team, then absolutely, they become a better team immediately because the structure mm-hmm. is already there. This is an interesting one, and and the next couple play into our conversation throughout part two. So, Joe, don't give too much away if you can. But twenty twelve league win is, and and maybe not so much is Kaka adding to added to that team, making City a better team, but sort of incorporating what we just spoke about in terms of the way City go, who they sign, who they attract. I'm trying to think of big names at the time. You know, we could have seen Zlatan Ibrahimovic play for City, um, Thiago Silva. I realise I'm I'm listing PSG's transfer uh, sort of purchases, but that's kind of what it feels like it would have been. Um, the City win the league in 2012 with Kaká. Oh, yeah. Yeah, surely. I, 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 I can't I, I, No, no. I don't think we okay. were... I don't think we were... I don't think we were quite there. I don't think we were close enough the season before that I could just add Kaka to that and go, yeah, we do it in 2011 instead. But I think we do it. As in, do you mean we think? We, as in, do you think we do it sooner? As in, it doesn't go down to the final day because I think that's. Poss- <laughs> I think that's. Po- I think that's yeah, possible. Yeah. But I think. I think. Yeah. I think ultimately, yeah, we just win it in 20. 20- I don't think we were close enough in 2011 that you can go. Kaka is the reason why we didn't do it that year. If that makes sense. I think it all comes down to like if we're talking sticking Kaka into that Bobby Mank team, mm. then they become a, a whole better they, they become a better team. But in this this hypothetical world, if we go to the you know cliched saying of every action has a reaction, I think the mm. reaction of signing Kaka in the late two thousands, and I think what that does to the mindset of the decision makers at City, I don't think we end up with the same team for Roberto Mancini as we end up with. And so I think that's where even, the timeline gets blurred. Do we even end up with Roberto Mancini? I mean, right. like, that's, that's, I mean, if, yeah. if, if Mark, does I Mark think, Hughes I think if, become the league does, winning manager? Does Mark Hughes even <laughs> get sacked? Yeah. Cause Mark Hughes, Mark Hughes was far... crap. And if you had Kaka to, if you had Kaka to that crap team, that crap run of fixtures he had, where he's probably winning a few games and papering mm. over a lot of the cracks. Does he even end up getting sacked at the point that he did? And do we end up maybe with without Mancini and with somebody else in charge? Like, there's meant like you said, there's loads of different ways you can go. But yeah, I think we're far too sober for all the hypothetical portals <laughs> we can enter with this. <laughs> yeah, three AM kitchen chat. Uh, last one I wanted to do before we get to the break. Uh, obviously, City won the Champions League for the first time in 2023. A whole lot of shit has happened in between there. Joe, does City win the Champions League at all? Had they gone, had Kaká? I mean, because we're speaking about Kaká as a footballer, but I think we've established that he is sort of 
a metaphor for what could have been a very different mm. Manchester City well, organisation, football club, playing team, off the field, PR machine, whatever. Do City win the Champions League at all? Do they win it sooner or do they have not have one in their locker yet had Kaká joined in 2009? I'm I'm with Adam on this. I think I think that the, the knock-on effect kind of turns us into the English PSG. And then we, mm. because if we've given one guy in 2009 500 grand a week, our highest paid player today, minus a hard reset at some point in the mid-teens, probably has us which which basically puts us back to square one in the whole project regardless. Yeah. We've probably we probably have a player on a million a week now at this point if we'd have just carried on the logic of going for giving Kaka that much money in two thousand and nine. So I think yeah we become an absolute we basically just do become like PSG and they're they're trying to do a bit of a hard reset now, but that's probably where we'd be at this point if we'd have had Kaka. So no, I don't think we win the Champions League. Adam, do you think City cause another financial crash if they give Kaká 500 grand a week? I mean, you said we're not we're too sober for all the hypotheticals, but like, I can't. When I first read that report, doing the research for this, I can't sort of fathom what it would have been like at that time. 500 grand a week. It, it does City exist? Like that is a genuine question we have to ask. Does City, the <laughs> City go under if they'd have bankrolled Kaká? Did did the report say what um, length the deal they were trying to bring him on was? Because <laughs> um, I think that makes are, a difference. If if it's Kaka for two years, like you can get past that. But if it's Kaka no, on it, an it doesn't. Deal, it doesn't read that. No, it doesn't read um, that. If they're offering him that with the hopes that he's going to become their long term superstar and stay at the club <laughs> for ten years, then yeah, there's a very real possibility that we're all supporting FC City of Manchester these days. <laughs> um, but if it was had just been a short term short term deal, then you know the Abu Dhabi group would have would have bankrolled that no problem. I remember when the, you know the amount of I remember the reports you know being in, like incensed that we'd given Yaya Torre two hundred grand a week, let alone if we'd have given Kaká <laughs> five hundred grand a week. Like there's no, there's no way there's no way that that would have uh, ended well. No, I, it, it's a truly remarkable one. I wanted to bring it up because it, it does feel like, well, what has been sort of many sliding doors moments for City, but that just in terms of where the club was at the time, signing Kaká, it would have been great. But I think looking back on it, we're going, Jesus Christ, thank God that didn't happen. Or maybe you're not. Maybe <laughs> you would have loved to see him there. Uh, do let us know. That'll do for part one. Join us after this short break where we'll have two more Manchester City what-ifs to go through. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season. And the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please hit follow, hit subscribe. Disclaimer, I meant to say at the start, completely forgot. This is a concept ripped entirely from a different podcast, the Stadio podcast. If you haven't, go back and listen to their episodes of this. They do wider football chat, so it's not exactly the same, but they, they make for some fantastic listens. I think they solved the World War once let's by be, Netherlands let's winning be honest, the World Amos, Which part of the City Report podcast isn't ripped from another podcast? Well, thankfully, you and I, um, which <laughs> the best part, some people might True. say. Um, okay, let's let's get into another one because I want to get these two done and, and I feel like they could cause the most debate. And, and the second one, Adam, you can kick things off for this one. 
Aguero misses his chance versus QPR. He skips past Nedamanuha. He either shoots straight at Paddy Kenny or he puts it into the side netting. QPR stay up. That woman at, at Sunderland isn't doing the thing with her face and she's looking all shocked, you know. Ferguson's dance continues. Phil Jones doesn't look like he's seen a ghost. All of that terrifying, nightmarish stuff. What does that do for City going forward? They don't win the, the, the Premier League in 2012. They obviously go into the summer without having won the Premier League. And I think to start off with, you could say they have a better summer transfer window. I want to get into the sort of the individual points of what it might mean for certain City players a little bit later on. But just in general, City don't win the league in 2012. It's another year having been taken over, as we know, in 2008 without the Premier League title. That pushes on to at least 2013. What happens? I actually don't think there's that much of a ripple effect because... I think that if United win the league, I think that we're already in the era of Sir Alex ringing every little last drop out of the club that he could before. You know, I think he saw the ending was coming for him. Mm -hmm. So I think as a result, it depends. It depends on how emotionally wrecked the City players are by losing it on the final day, losing to a team, a relegation mm. candidate, losing it at home, losing it to your biggest rivals on the, on the final day. But if they get past that, I think the pure footballing element, I think they probably have a better summer transfer window. Like you said, you suggested privately when we were discussing this concept, do they go and uh, go for Robin Van Persie? I don't mm -hmm. think so. I mean, I think if you've got a strike force of Ed and Dzeko, Carlos Tevez, Sergio Aguero, and Mario Balotelli, you're not you're not going out looking for anything else. All, all four well, of them were phenomenal that year. You say that, but one thing I wanted to bring up, obviously Robin Van Persie was the man that summer, Joe. He, he went to United. They yeah, we did, we did want him anyway, didn't we? Yeah, I, I, and yeah. that's what I mean. Like, you know, had City not won the title, is that suddenly a transfer they have to make? Carlos Tevez had his spat with Mancini earlier on in the season. I think the biggest question we can start off with, is Roberto Mancini still in a job? After the 2012 season, he no. gets sacked. He gets sacked. What is it? Ten months later, twelve months later, after the FA Cup final for not winning the FA Cup. I mean, that is the first one, isn't it? You know, does yeah. that mean that then Carlos Tevez leaves? You know, I, I think the Robin van Persie transfer is something that probably happens if if City don't win that league title. Yeah, that's the first thing that when, when I was sort of told that this was going to be one of the things. The first thing that I thought in regards to this one was, well, Mancini's definitely gone that summer because I think that. Basically, the reason why he still had the job the following summer is because they did win the league. I think he'd already sort of... We all saw, like, on the final day, like, him basically just screaming abuse at all the players on the touchline <laughs> as it was 2-2, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. to be fair, perfect, perfectly understandable. And I think he was he was every City fan in that moment, really, to be fair. But um, you, you hear stories from the players now about, you know, talking back on that time, even during the title-winning season. It was He was having, having bust-ups and arguments with, like, so many mm. of the big players. And I think that winning the league title papered over that rather large crack quite a lot. Um, but if you if, if you do all that and then don't win the title, which is the one redeeming factor, then it's like, well, like, what have you got to really... Like, what reason do we have to keep you here now? And I think at that point, he's gone. And I've no idea who you're replacing with because I don't really mm. know. I can't remember off the top of my See, head what the I, managerial I think, job, job market was like back then. I think City do what... We've seen Chelsea do on numerous occasions what Tottenham tried to do for a couple of years to no success. I think they go out and they try and get a 
Mourinho style manager that's like mm. no particular yeah. style just come in and just get us over the line it's, but again, was Mourinho, was Mourinho oh, at Madrid Jesus. in 2012 yeah I think so was, was, yeah so Mourinho, so we would have had to basically just poach him from Madrid at that point if we were looking for, so because there was a there was a whole thing but, for a while you know, I, I, Mourinho Mourinho is a, is a hypothetical thing there I I just mean a manager yeah, that yeah, they yeah. see as the guy to get them over the line but then again, yeah. it's not like Spurs where, you know, City are only 12 months off of winning their first trophy anyway. So they, they do have mm-hmm. a trophy in the bag. So I don't know. I think with the fact was... that the squad was clearly a title-winning caliber squad, I think that the, the biggest knock-on effect is probably they fire Roberto Mancini, which they already wanted to do, and they bring in yeah. somebody they see as, like Mancini, somebody that's just going to get the job done. Do you think – do you think – so – Pep Guardiola ended his time at Barcelona in 2012. Um, mm. Obviously, obviously whoa, Pep Guardiola whoa, is not an in- whoa, 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 whoa. obviously obviously Pep Guardiola is not an instant instant manager. You know, bringing instant success kind of league. He is, a, he is in a sense. He did bring it to yeah. us in a year, but we had a, we had a whole club set up for him by the time he came to us. That you know the, when he did. But at that point, do you think they just throw whatever money Pep Guardiola wants? Because obviously he took a year's sabbatical before going to Bayern. I don't know if that was just planned regardless, but do you think that the city hierarchy just go, you can have literally a blank check. I tell you what, whatever you I want. think, I think Pep Guardiola ends up in Manchester, but I think it's at United if, if Aguero misses. Cause I think Alex Ferguson retires in 2013. And I think if, if Man United had won the title in 2012, Alex Ferguson maybe retires in the summer. I don't know how planned this 2013 retirement was. Mm. Then, obviously, Pep Guardiola's fresh off management. Ferguson had, had obviously headhunted Guardiola before. And <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. There's yeah. Surely, there's, there's, there's not like Whoa. United. The reason why he would never touch United with a barge pole is probably because of the. The, the, and why he is at us is because everything structurally above him is just perfect at Manchester City, which he didn't, which he didn't have at Barcelona, and which he mm. did have mostly at Bayern Munich. But if he walked that, into yeah. 2012 Manchester United, he still has the glazers above him. He still has everything. I don't think you can put, put on, on but... a year in Central Park with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, New York, New York City st- salesman. Um, yeah, and, and playing chess with that is it is I can't remember the fellow's name, the world champion Gasparov or something like that. I, I, the book it sells it all in the book. It's great, but 2012 Manchester United isn't the basket case that to what would it have been 2016 Man United after he left mm. Bayern Munich. You know, by the time Ferguson had been out the door for one or two years, the cracks were really starting to show. And we've seen it before with players, you know, a word in a word in the air from from Ferguson, from Bobby Child, you know, this aura of Manchester United that so many people have spoke about. And I think actually I referenced the book, I think it's Pep Confidential or something like that. He does speak about United yeah. and I, I, it pains me to say because I don't think he thinks like that now, but I do think at one point there was maybe a time when Guardiola looked at United as an option. Um, Adam, I, I won't throw that to you because leading on to the next one, we're going to speak about Guardiola and his impact and what, what could have not been had he not joined City. I want to actually go back to Aguero because I think in terms of sliding doors moments, this is is perhaps the biggest one in terms of the player because... Obviously, Aguero had a, a fantastic first season at City. He was this sort of shyest Argentine striker. You know, that, remember his like fluffy hair. He didn't sort of look properly styled, and you know, he, he he was great. He was wonderful, but he still sort of he never really fitted in. He never really felt like you know 
and, and obviously a lot of the talk was the fact that he's using City as a stepping stone. Aguero doesn't score that goal in 2012. By God, even give it to someone else. Yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, he was off the pitch. But, you know, another City player, Dzeko, gets the third one. City win the, win the title. How big of an impact do you think specifically Aguero scoring that goal has on the next, what, 10 years of Manchester City? Because it felt like at that moment, an unbreakable bond was forged and he goes on to be arguably the, the club's best ever player. Does that still happen if he still if he doesn't score the goal in 2012? Does he leave in a couple of years' time over to Spain? I, I don't know. Uh, I think so. I, I think it does because I think like David Silva, like Yaya Torre, um, who are some other players, like, like Vincent Company. I, I don't necessarily mm. think that him sticking that chance in in, in the 94th minute that I don't think that's what solidifies his bond with the club. I think all of those players were basically sold a dream, sold a project that was unmatched in Europe at the time. And we've seen what that project has become 10 years on. Um, And I think the reason we've seen so many of those players and so many players um, that have come after them stay for so long and, and, you know, kind of go all the way to the twilights of their careers, Fernandinho, uh, you know, Gundogan, Izzy in his twilight, I don't know, but um, players like that is because where where else are you going to find a club with that structure, with that ambition? Um, you know, the, it's the perfect storm for an ambitious, competitive athlete, in a sense. But so, does that happen? Does that happen only because City chart the league? Title I don't. I don't think. I think that league title is is totally exclusive to the project. The project remains whether or not that that goal goes in. So I think that there's still very much a universe in which he stays for a decade, becomes the club's all-time leading goal scorer and gets a statue. There is maybe an alternate universe where he ends up at Real Madrid or Barcelona or, or, you know, Juventus or somewhere down the line. Um, But I don't think, I think you're putting too much credence into the ball hitting the back of the net there for, for what reasons players like him and David Silva and Vincent company and players like that stayed for so long. Yeah, it's an absolutely fair point. Um, Joe, final one, I guess, before we move on. Adam Adam is spotted, you know, City was the place of success, but that success has to breed trophies. It's okay having the the sort of the foundations in place, but if that isn't resulting in trophy lifts at the end of the season, then suddenly the likes of David Silva, the likes of Aguero, I think maybe Vincent Company is a different one, um, although he could get headhunted. Those players, I've always said this, those players matched the trajectory of City. Whenever they felt like they needed a step up in the career, the club matched it. And then that was natural. That was the yeah. natural progression. You know, Guardiola arrives in 2016. It takes David Silva to a new level, whatever, whatever. Say City don't win the title in 2012. I don't think for a second David Silva, Aguero is suddenly out the door in the summer. But how much then does it hinge on winning the league in 2013? Because if you don't do it then, you're going into 2014. We've mentioned the managerial swaps. You know, we could have been seeing the likes of Gus Hiddings, Antonio Conte, Max Allegri come in. Can they be the guy to win City the title? You know, maybe the, maybe the foundations are there, but we turn into a good Brighton instead of a treble winning Champions League winning team. I think... So I think this kind of feeds a little bit into one of the earlier things that we said as well. So obviously, if 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 we do, if Fergie does win that last title and he retires, like don't forget that the following season was literally just us and United. Like there wasn't mm. there wasn't anybody else really with us at that point. So I think that if Fergie had retired in 2012, which is very possible, um, then we'd have found ourselves in a situation where 
you've got David Moyes as Manchester United. Pot- probably not David Moyes, but you've got potentially a David Moyes Manchester United. Or Pep Guardiola. With us. Or, or Pep Guardiola. Well, <laughs> please God, no, not Pep Guardiola's. But yeah, it could have been, if we're looking at, you know, whoever Fergie's replacement is. Because I think even if it is Pep Guardiola, whoever's replacing Fergie after that amount of time has been at the club, that that was that was never going to win a title the year after. Like it, one with the state of the squad being the way it is, and two with everything that went out the door with Fergie. I think City were in a very good position to win the league the year after with there's no Fergie there. If Fergie does stay for another year and does retire in 2013 like he was meant to, then I think 2014 is still like very much on regardless of that. I think that no mm. matter what, we were in a position where it was going to happen in the next few years, unless literally everybody walked out the door after 2012. Um, you know, well, unless three or four of the key players. Liverpool, wasn't Liverpool, wasn't it? Chelsea. Well, Chelsea were there for a bit. Mourinho's Chelsea. Yeah, they have. A, they were there a for, title. for a bit. Yeah. Does I, I mean down this is a complete separate really question? Does winning the league in 2012 give City the experience they need in 2014 to get over the line? You know, you see what yeah. I mean though. Like it, it felt like 2012 at that moment was it, it set the it set the catalyst off for everything that's followed. And if you don't do it, then suddenly the years go by and by a little bit like the Champions League, I guess. Yeah, you go from being a nearly the, the the team that nearly does it to the team that actually does it, and I think mm. the 2012 was perfect for that exact reason because it was a kind of relatively, you know, obviously we we went into that summer that season with a lot of expectation because of the signings that we'd made, but we weren't anyone's favourites for the title by any means because it was peak Fergie's United at that point. So I think sort of winning it when the pressure wasn't necessarily totally on to win it was like was perfect for that reason. But I still think we'd have won the league eventually. And I think that that's what the likes of, you know, David Silva, Sergio Aguero, like those that those being promised a success that would come. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, maybe it would have taken a year or two extra. Maybe we'd have won an extra cup or a trophy in that time. I don't, like, that isn't the league. I don't know. But that would have that would have definitely sort of helped on the, you know, that it, it would have come eventually. It wouldn't have been like we'd have gone without a trophy for the next five years or something like that. Because at that point, that's when an Aguero is going to start looking at Madrid and Barca and thinking, well, mm-hmm. there's somewhere I can win trophies over there. Yeah, definitely. I I think we might have lost one Aguero or David Silva, not necessarily because of the success not being there, but maybe City trying to overcorrect issues, buying plays in the transfer market that they think are going to be the guys, and then obviously Aguero or David Silva, whoever else gets a little bit unsettled. Yaya Torre is another one. You know, I, th- I think maybe things look a little bit different in terms of personnel. Um, but yeah, it was it was um, it was a it was an interesting one. Um, we'll move on to the final one because I want to I want to get get this one wrapped up before we do. We'll certainly do another episode of this. So um, listeners, do make sure to let us know what you think of it. But Pep Guardiola doesn't join City in 2016. And now, I don't know, I'm not saying that in my world he's gone to Manchester United. Although I, I do think that was a possibility. Um, I maintain 2012 United, you know, in terms of the, the PR of it, is nowhere near a basket case as much as it is now. Guardiola doesn't go to City in 2016. I'm trying to think of a team that he might go to. There's all sorts of different ones. And let's say for the for argument's sake, he doesn't go to a Premier League club. In fact, let's say he stays at Bayern Munich. He loves it in Germany. He extends. That's him out of the question. He's not in the sort of the, the sphere. We can do whatever we want, but it's Guardiola isn't there. What happens to City? And this is this could go anywhere. What happens to City if Pep Guardiola doesn't join in 2016? I actually think this is a bit of a simple answer. Uh, okay. I think they remain the same, which is a club that... In what sense? In the next, so how long has Pep been at City now? Seven years? Seven yeah. years, yeah. In those seven years, it's not five titles and six. It's, you know, three and six and an FA Cup, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they remain the same in the sense that 
they remain a team that will be in the title race just about every season, if not in the top three or four. Um, they'll go deep in cup competitions. And I think to give you the hottest take I'm going to give you in a long time, I think they win the Champions League a lot sooner. I was going to say the same. I was going to say exactly the same. In fact, I mean, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but is there a particular one that you think they win? Because I think 2016-17 is perhaps... Because obviously the year before, 2015-16, City reached the Champions League semi-final. And I mean, find me a City fan who thought they were going to win the competition that year. I'd be surprised if there was any. Get beat by Real Madrid. Although another what if could be if, if Aguero's goal goes in that doesn't hit the bar in the last second at the Bernabeu City go through and away goals. I'll bookmark that one. Um, but I think 2016-17, what is it, that Monaco year? Did Dortmund go deep? Juventus in the final? That, you know, I think that's possibly yeah, one. I think from the angle of the competition being at its weakest, probably the 16-17, but that was also one of the worst city squads of the modern era in the yeah. sense that you know, your back four had Bakary Senya, Alexander Kolarov. Um, what, but it was relative, wasn't it? That that, time yet? Yeah, well, maybe maybe a new manager turns Mangala into the, the defender we, this is, we saw against this Chelsea. Is, this is where we need the um, the psychedelic drugs to open all these different potential doors <laughs> yeah, down, yeah. down the hallway. Because, you know, Pep coming in, this squad is built in his image. So we'd have mm. a completely different squad yeah. today than we do now. But I do think that with the resources City had, clearly the right people in charge of of bringing in managers, bringing in players, the, the, the foundation was there for a team to win the Champions League. And I think the only thing standing in City's way in the last, from 2016 to 2022, the only thing standing in the way of City winning a Champions League was Pep Guardiola. Yeah, I kind of agree, Joe. We could get into that a different yeah. time. Um, I, I guess sort of going back to the 2016 question, what happens with City's manager? Because we can we can ask about the players and we can say he won't be signed, he would be. He, you know, I, I guess we don't really know because it depends on the manager. First question, does Pellegrini stay? If not, who do you think City brings in? So Pellegrini definitely doesn't stay, no matter what happened. I don't know whether, whether the end of the season or not was because kind of players knew that he wasn't going to be there. So they just like, they, they maybe dropped a couple of percent. I don't know. But the end of that season was horrendous. Like there was no way that you mm. could stay after that. It was just, you know, scraping top four in the final game of the season is not <laughs> a way that any Manchester City manager can continue after that with the amount of money that had been spent. Um, I think if, he, if, if we don't get Pep, was Luis Enrique free at the time? I don't he know if he was available. Just won a treble with Barcelona. He, did he just win the treble? That some, was 2016, the actual year yeah. that he won the treble. Well, in that case, no, we're definitely not getting him. 2014-15. So I think he might have. I think he might have left that summer. Um, if Luis Enrique was after. free, I would. I would absolutely expect us to go for him. He's kind of, to be honest, he's, he's one of the managers who I expect us to go for when Pep Guardiola does go, mm. regardless. Even now, so I think that at the time, I think he would have definitely been someone who we'd maybe go for in his place. Um, we'd have maybe gone for. I'm trying to just he think left in of 2017, the... so the year after. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll right. tell you what, I've got a couple who who would join the Premier League that season. Um, the biggest one, I guess, is is Mr. Jose Mourinho, who rots up at uh, Manchester mm. United, of course. Manchester City with Jose Mourinho, what does that look like? I think he's too much of a departure from from what from what we were going for at the time. I think we still because 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 we still had um, we still had all the Barca boys at the top level, don't we? So we still got Cheeky and Sorry and Soriano and stuff like that. But does that happen if 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 we know Guardiola is not going to come? 
Well, I mean, if we know Pep, if at that point, at that point, we've no Kevin De Bruyne or Raheem Sterling, average from the summer before. Yeah, so we're true. really, we're really, we're really screwed at this point. We've got, there's nothing we can do. I think if, obviously, if we, if we're saying the, the entire sort of structure above that was was brought in to bring in Pep Guardiola, realizes he's not coming and quickly handing the resignations. Then I think maybe the club does go for a Mourinho. I think mm. because at the end of the day, Mourinho is kind of like. At the time, certainly, he was kind of like synonymous with success. He was just coming off the back of, albeit the end of his Madrid cycle, but he was coming off the back of Madrid at the time. And he'd still won a fair amount there, considering that he was up against Pep Guardiola's Barcelona at the time. I think he's someone who we may have gone for. Um, there was also, but then do they also maybe go for the, the Brendan Rodgers approach? Do they go for someone who's like a young up and coming oh, manager who can maybe be that? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like it either, but we still get reports like even two years ago that we want him or are interested in him. Yeah. I think that I think that he's a name that will always kind of be in in the conversation when it comes to a city manager. Hopefully but, um, not anymore. No, oh god, yeah, please, god, no. I think, I think that ultimately it comes down to the idea that of of, of who was actually available, and I, I can't obviously at the top of my head, I have no idea who was available seven years ago. But I think it's, mm. I think it's, um, it's whether the club would still be on, like, be in, interested in playing the same kind of football. In which case, I'm kind of thinking of the, the the guys who who maybe Barcelona scrambled around for after Luis Enrique when they were trying to get like mm. you know. Um, did they get in like Seth, like Kike Setien, and like the yeah. um, who's the who's the Argentinian manager who's now at Miami? I think you know. Oh from, yeah, Tata he was really um, bad. Yeah, yeah we'd, we'd have maybe scrambled around a few managers like that, and maybe just sort of go, oh, well, they play like vaguely <laughs> attacking pos- possession based football. Let's try that. Or would they have gone for a, you know for a Mourinho who's just like a, oh he'll get us a trophy in one or two years. Let's try and let's try and keep. Let me throw. Throwing. I don't know. Let me throw this spanner in the works here. We know that that era of City was willing to discard a manager in the middle of a season for a manager that they viewed as their long-term future. Mm-hmm. Does Jurgen Klopp come in? I was, in yeah, before? I was thinking of him. I was thinking because he joined 2015-16, didn't he? He joined Liverpool. He joined yeah. one season, around October yeah, time. Yeah, that. I mean. Yeah. Joe, you play football manager. That seems to happen <laughs> every single season. Yeah, yeah. What, what would every what would time? Klopp, what would Klopp be like with City's money? Because I, I mean, th- th- this isn't the place to say it, but I, you know, Jurgen Klopp is a, 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 an extraordinary well, he'd retire, coach, wouldn't he? <laughs> once, once certain, once yeah, his team spends yeah. something like seventy million on a player, <laughs> yeah. he he would be out of a job or something, right? Yeah, maybe that's why the Moises Caicedo transfer fell through, although hard to believe. Um, but you know, <laughs> taking away his his maybe at times faux morals, Jurgen Klopp, what would what would Jurgen Klopp City look like? Would they be able to sustain the success in the way that Guardiola has with the same playing style? Or does it look a little bit like Liverpool, maybe with a few more trophies in there? I think I think there's certainly we'd have he'd have a lot more trophies than he did at Liverpool. I don't think his dominance would look anything like Pep Guardiola's mm. has, because I think Guardiola has been much more he's changed it every year. Like he's won and then he's gone, right, well, I need to change something to make sure that I win again. And I think Klopp and I'm saying this as someone who doesn't watch Liverpool every week and every season and analyse, you know, every single way they play all the time. I'm not noticing the small changes that he's making, so I'm sure there are some. But it feels kind of like for three or four years, he basically just played the same way and just mm. thought, if we've got better players, we'll be a bit better sort of thing. And I think that that's kind of what, what he, he banked on. Um, obviously, he has he'd have much better players at his disposal, much more money to sort of bring in those players. But I think if we had... Klopp at City, then we would have a lot more success. But otherwise, 
if we didn't get Klopp and he still went to Liverpool and we didn't get Pep, then we'd sadly be sitting back and watching probably a very dominant Liverpool for the last four or five years, which is really, really sorry, really sad to admit on a City podcast of all places. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's sadly what it would look like. Yeah, yikes. That's a that's a sorry for, isn't it? Um, Adam, before you wrap, any more to add to that? Guardiola doesn't come in 2016. Is there any major differences? I actually think if you if you want a sort of an idea of what City might look like, have a look at the sort of managers Chelsea have signed, because I think that's probably the sort of pool City are dipping in and out of. Whether or not they stay as long or as short as other, not Frank Lampard though, Jesus Christ, uh, they stay as long or as short as the other, other Chelsea managers, I don't know. But it feels like City go from being an elite sort of the, the top level club in European football to just one of the other guys, like you said before. Yeah, I think they'd be just one of the other guys. And I think the other big knock-on effect apart from City winning a Champions League sooner is that Erling Holland never comes to the club. True. Is there any you other know? players yeah. actually? There I think Under there's one, probably Sane. many, but but none in the same boat that's like the super, the biggest name on the market. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that maybe City don't go after a Rodri or somebody like that. But that Rodri at the time wasn't, you know, the number one central mm. midfielder on the market. Um, you know, that was in a time when Pogba was potentially available and players like that. So um, I think, yeah, I think the biggest, other biggest knock-on effect is that Erling Holland's not at the club. Unless, unless City, maybe had they gone for Klopp, you know, maybe mm, if Klopp yeah. is here and and we have this similar style of dominance, albeit in a in a different, you know, it would look different aesthetically, but a similar era of dominance, then potentially Klopp is being spoken of as as you know a Guardiola level manager, mm. um, and players like Holland would would start coming here. But yeah, I think if if you remain just one of the guys in in European football, um, then Holland's not here. Final, final, final question to both of you. Pep Guardiola just doesn't join in 2016. I, I agree with you, Adam. I don't know what your take was, Joe, on, on City winning the, the Champions League sooner. Joe, you can start. Do City have more or less Champions League titles than they do now? Do they, so basically, do they win more than one? I think probably the same. I think it's I think we probably just have the one. same. I think it's okay. Yeah, my, that's my I think it will I think it will have been earlier than the summer just gone, mm. but I think we'll probably only have one. Adam, yeah, I, I agree. I think the the spine of Silva, Aguero, company, probably Joe Hart, still win one sooner. I think we win two, and I think we win twenty twenty one. Assuming Pep Guardiola's Bayern Munich. Oh no, well, we'd beat Pep Guardiola's team in the twenty twenty one final, wouldn't we? Because he'd be playing bloody, I don't know, uh Taliso at centre defensive midfield or something like that for Bayern <laughs> Munich. Um but guys, that was that was a lot of fun. We will certainly, certainly do another one of these whenever the next international break runs around. Um Adam, thank you. Thank you very much. Joe, thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to nice to finally be in a podcast with you after I've managed to abduct oh, you all yeah. this all this time. Indeed, yeah, it's like uh, that, that <laughs> phrase. Have you ever seen the two of them in the same room? No. Well, now you have heard them on the same now podcast, you have. so you can yeah, put the conspiracy theories to bed. Joe, he is real. <laughs> yes yes absolutely and unfortunately listeners you will be hearing my voice again later on in the week so make sure to subscribe and follow for that but until next time it's been an absolute pleasure we'll see you later make sure you're geared up for man city's end of season running with mcdelivery 
Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.